Yep, I'm good. Heyo, it's a Friday, it's a lunch day, it's Superflex Pod, I'm Two Drink, my boy Swags is here. Shout out to Gabe for our, our new secret intro that we is much so needed. What? Yeah. It's that secret? I don't even get to hear it? Oh shit. Oh, it's not done. Oh. Well, <laughs> what a secret. Someday, you just blew the secret. Someday Gabe and I are going to sit down for a minute and it's going to be dope. I want some Zero G rapping on there, that would be pretty amazing. But until... <laughs> Until that time, I happens. want it to be good, dude. I, I don't think you want that. That's uh, yeah, I guess I'll leave it in Gabe's creative mind because if you're not already confident in it, I don't know. Maybe zero G on the outro so people can just cut it if they don't like it. <laughs> it's even better. Zero G, but, Gabe and me, but uh, yeah, that's bad. Don't do it. See, I, I, I <laughs> tried it. You wanted it. You wanted I it. I don't, I don't, I don't want it anymore. Who's our guest? Uh, our guest is. Uh, Mr. John Bauer at the Bauer Club, host of Dynasty Theory Fantasy Football Podcast. At one point, was Super Flexology, but uh, I'm I'm not gonna lie, John. I kind of like the the new name and and what you guys got going on. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Any chance I get to step away from work on a Friday, you don't have to pull my my arm at all. There, uh, but, yeah, we, um, man. Thank you. Noted. <laughs> we we had so many people, and I don't know if you guys have run into this. We had so many people. Oh, I don't play Superflex. I I have no interest in listening to your show. It's like, guys, we talk about everything, and our primary focus was Dynasty. So we were yeah. like, okay. You know, we, we switched networks. We're now on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. And we're like, this is the perfect time to rebrand, get yeah. Dynasty in the name, and you know, it's it's been going well. And then we have the new co-host Dan Lamagna, and then we still have Mitch Sorensen on as well. But yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It, it it's kind of seems like a niche market, and you you end up talking about quarterbacks more, but at the same time, you talk about so much other stuff too. So. Man. And I like we like getting into like you know crazy leagues, sixteen team leagues, you know different tight end premiums, and not necessarily although it's called Superflex Pod. I want all the weirdness, you know, all the all the crazy leagues, and yep. And I guess if we're gonna be niche, let's be even more niche about it and go, you know, what I mean, go deeper and throw us all throw us all your weird league settings. I mean, swags in a thirty two team league, you know, what I mean, that's, that's just nuts to me. But uh, there are people in well, those, a little you know what nuts. I mean, so. So it's 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 fun to talk about, but Swags, you you had this idea. That way, if it if it fails, then I can blame it on you. But I, I like where your head was. <laughs> the this is it's a public nervous announcement. Public nervous announcement. We, that's that's my soundboard because you didn't come with one. We but thanks for coming on with short notice. We were basically like, <laughs> John, we need to get you on super flexible sometime, and he's like, when? And we're like, well, how about now? And, and yeah, I, he's like, I, I, I'm coming I, I was completely on board whenever I saw the message. I was like, <laughs> yep, this is happening today. <laughs> Somebody love come it. get this kid. I got stuff to do. Man, I love it. And that's like what's so great about the community and like the passion that we all have for this and the fun we have. So, to drink, is that you? Was that you? <laughs> all right. It was me. <laughs> I, I, I am at work. It, it could be a beer. It also it also could be a blackberry citrus fresca sparkling soda water. If you that sounds at home, really good. Is that good? I'll or allow is you that... to decide. Uh, it's really good, actually. One of one of my coworkers had it and said they didn't like it, so I was like, oh, all right, I'll try one. 
it's actually really delicious. And I'm, it's just in my head, I'm trying to think of, would this go better with whiskey because of the blackberry? Or do I just go vodka in it and make my own, like, real man White Claw? I don't know. We'll find out. So which are you going with? Right now, we're just going to go virgin <laughs> virgin fresca. <laughs> sure, sure. We'll see how loose I get. I wonder if that's a Florida drink. I, I haven't seen that here in Michigan, I've I don't nev- think. I've never seen it either, but yeah. I mean, we're doing all the other crazy stuff down here in Florida. Might as well, might as well have us something nice. <laughs> little, little fresca action. Oh goodness! So, so this is your segment, Swags, and I'm. I, I would like to see where your head is at and, and how you approach this, because like we talked, we we usually come at things a different way. So, you want to throw the first name out? Um, I, I can, unless John's got one and he wants to go with it. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here. Um. And with it being the the super flex pod, I'm going to throw a quarterback at everybody. And this is not me saying I do not like this player because I do. And I think there's plenty of upside. I love the offense in general. But for me, it's Kyler Murray. And guys, this feels it feels so much to me. That's not not necessarily the playing style or obviously the scheme and the head coach. But for me, it feels a lot like Baker Mayfield in 2019. And you look at dynasty formats. Obviously, you know, I, I play exclusively super flex and two quarterback leagues. So Kyler Smart Murray, it, it, yeah, that's the only way to play it, right? So <laughs> you, you look at these quarterbacks, these high end assets, and they're extremely valuable in those formats. And for me, Kyler Murray guys, I just think he's being drafted at his ceiling. I've seen him go quarterback three quarterback four mm-hmm. in startups. And again, it's exactly what we saw in Baker Mayfield last year. They bring in the high-profile receiver in Odell Beckham. And in Arizona, we see with DeAndre Hopkins. So, of course, everybody gets super excited about Kyler Murray, and rightfully so. But I still see him as a quarterback one, but I'm not comfortable taking him at his ceiling. Give me Dak Prescott. Still give me um, – you know, I'll take Russ Wilson yeah. over Kyler Murray in Dynasty and even redraft, to be honest with you. So, yeah, Kyler Murray at his current price tag and super flex and two quarterback, whether it's – leagues like the scott fishbowl or it's a dynasty league i'm just out on him at that price and it's and it's like you said it's just based solely on price like there's there's really a hard way for me to find a way that he can crack you know the patrick mahomes lamar jackson anytime in the next year or two so i'm definitely with you there so now i have to pay basically at his ceiling like you're saying um yeah i i definitely like the comparison comparison with baker um, with, with Newt coming in there, uh, there's a little difference in that to me where Baker, you know, they were starting uh, Freddie Kit, not starting, but Freddie Kitchens was the coach there and not having that. At least we're getting Kyler with the same system, you right. know, same coach in that next year. So I do think there's room to improve. But does he improve to being quarterback three by the end of the year? Oh, I got to pay for it now. So mm-hmm. if that's the best it's going to be, do I want to pay for it now and just ride that out at at best quarterback three for the foreseeable future, it seems rich to my blood. So like I said, that's definitely one on my list. I'm going to, I'm going to jump right in here because Baker is also on my list. Um, it, it just, it worries me a little bit. Again, we get another offensive, you know, coordinator change, head coach change there. We still have all those pieces in place, but it seems like Stefanski likes to be super run heavy and they have two really good running backs to do that. Does it mean Baker doesn't, you know, Get as loose with the ball, doesn't throw interceptions. Maybe his completion percentage is a little higher, sure. But total number wise, I think we're probably looking at a down year, or at least to be expected from from my side. There, how do you guys feel about Baker going in this year? Quarterback fourteen, I guess that's not awful. Like uh, where I'm looking at right now on uh, Fantasy Pros, but Yahoo has him all the way to twenty. Um, man, 
I mean, yeah. to your point, they explored quarterback. You know what I mean? I know they brought in Case, but it sounded like they were exploring quarterbacks of other options too. Maybe to come in and help Baker or push Baker along, but it's it's just a hard pill to swallow. I mean, there, there's a couple other guys in that range. I'm, I'm more than happy. To I, I don't that. think at that point it's, and I get where you're at, and I get like the there's public nervous announcement, like definitely yeah. room to be nervous about Baker. But and I'm gonna like I have Gabe in my ear right now telling me yep. about like what um start with what John said about Kyler Murray and you're you're paying for that ceiling and and I, I don't know that's one thing that I'm starting to look at more just from like listening to Gabe um Gabe Gearing the FF man bun if anybody doesn't know who I'm talking about check out open bar you're silly if you haven't um but anyway <laughs> I, I do have him in my ear with some of these now and I agree with John, you are kind of paying for that ceiling. Um, one difference between these players, though, I mean, Kyler finished QB8 his rookie season, whereas right. Baker finished QB18 his rookie season and then QB20 last year. So mm-hmm. um, I think Kyler does have that upside. He's younger in Dynasty, but you are paying for him to still be much better than he was at QB8, so I totally get it. Yeah. Um, I like him with Hopkins, though. I, 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 uh, man, it, it's a tough one. Cause I totally agree. I, I 100% agree with you, John, but I'm still like, I want a little bit more Kyler, <laughs> but the price isn't right for me. It, I don't want to trade for it. If you want to spend up for it in the startup, you know what I mean? I think that's the spot to do it. Cause I, I don't want to trade for it. Cause that's what are pe- That's what people are asking for. Baker obviously has some room to improve just where he's going. But again, that's one I'm talking about in startups. I feel like in trades, that's much harder to acquire just because if he was that Kyler Murray last year, you know, holy crap, some people had as my quarterback one or definitely in the top five, you know what I mean? So if those people still have him, they're not going to let me get for quarterback 14 or 20 price now, just one year out. Yeah, two drink. I, I'm, I'm spot on with that take on Baker Mayfield. My concern is the volume. I yes. actually think he's, you know, uh, Mitch and I over at Dynasty Theory, we put together our 2020 projections, and it was based on all kind of inputs, you know, team passing attempts, rushing attempts, touchdown percentage, and all that good stuff. And for Baker, we actually see him as being more efficient, but mm-hmm. the volume under uh, Kevin Stefanski, right. people were saying, well, look at the end of year numbers for Kirk Cousins under him. Yeah, they, they were fine, but for Baker Mayfield, I you have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and, you know, they're somewhat, bol- you know, bolstering that offensive line a little bit, bringing Austin Hooper, Austin Hooper in who mm-hmm. can catch and block. And I just think I think that's going to be a more run heavy team than people are going to like. And guys, I, I I've been saying this. And again, I'm not comparing playing styles, but just where he is in his career entering his third year. Let's say Baker has a down year this year for some reason mm-hmm. and they don't make a push in the playoffs. Mm. Could we be talking about Baker Mayfield the same way we talked about Mitchell Trubisky heading into last Ooh, year? Man. Hey, he's not yeah, he's not yeah. getting us to the no, next level. You, yeah. He's going to play out the, the end of his deal. We're not going to give him that fifth-year option that's 20-plus yep. million because he's not taking us there. I, I like Baker a lot, too. You know, Heading into the, the NFL draft, I thought, okay, he should be the first overall pick. Correct. But so far, I just I don't know. I hope he turns it around. But I'm out on him this year, too, based on his price. I mean, his his weapons are there for him to succeed. I'm with you. I think his numbers overall would probably be a little bit down in terms of volume. Um, but his you know completion percentage could be solid just, just because he's not asked. It, I mean, there's probably plenty of games where he's only thrown 20 times a game, 
right? We saw Kirk Cousins throw it for eight times, I think, in like week one or two last year, the same kind of offense. And it's not like they didn't have two wide receivers worth the darn, you know what I mean? So that's, that's yeah, that's the hard one. I'm, I'm going to seal it before Swags, you jump in, because we stayed on Kyler. And my public nervous announcement in Arizona is just who the hell is wide receiver two and doesn't matter. Can I trust anything after Nuke? And I know he's moving to the team, but it's it's still Nuke, Nuke, whatever you want to call him. Do you, can somebody sell me on a wide receiver two there? And I know you guys are going to say Christian Kirk on you. That's gross. I mean, that that is who I would say as the wide receiver for two. This year. For, for this year. Uh, yeah. Who are you trusting? You're trusting Kirk as wide receiver two there this year. Uh, wide receiver two on the team or wide receiver two on Kirk, my no, fantasy team? No, on just on Arizona. I'm just looking for another piece I can trust in. Outside of Kyler and Nuke and what you know, the running back du jour that you, that you like there, but I, I've never been a huge Kurt guy, and I just like I, I want to trust it more now, just because Nuke's on the opposite side and pulling the coverage there. But then all the targets funnel his way. Two, I two drink. I can't I, get I, on board. Two drink. I thought I liked you, man, and you asked me to come <laughs> on the show, and then you, and then you bashed Christian Kirk, man. I I actually have to get going. My wife's calling me. No. <laughs> um, no, we were good I, for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, we, we, it was good while it lasted. But no, I, I, Christian Kirk is that guy. He's going to be the number two receiver there. And I, I know there's an argument, well, Hopkins is going to take a majority of the targets. I think that's true. But still in that offense, they're going to spread it out. Yeah. I don't think Hopkins is going to get that 30-plus percent target share that Agreed. we got in Houston. And they don't have a tight end worth a damn. I know everybody wants to talk about Dan Arnold being a sleeper. Okay, enjoy that 5% target share because that's not right. going to do anything. So for me, Christian Kirk, I think Larry Fitz, you know, I love Larry Fitzgerald, but on his way out here, he's what, 68 years old or somewhere around there. And I think just Christian Kirk, he, I think we can expect about a 20% target share. My only Ooh. issue is, my only issue is, what is his touchdown upside? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's kind of similar. You have the, the shorter average depth of target, less air yards, kind of like a mm-hmm. DJ Moore type player. I'm not saying he is DJ Moore, but I think they same area of the field. Yeah, kind of stuff. yeah and I, I think they're kind of more target dependent and less touchdown upside. But I, I actually, you're going to hate this too, drink. But I think Christian Kirk, he could be flirting with almost 200 PPR points this year. Wow. Yeah, I was just going to ask you where where does that end up for you? Because yeah, that's a, that's a high number, but so is the twenty percent target share you're talking about on a team that wants to run a junk load of plays. So, I mean, if twenty percent is the number there and they're throwing it, you know, five fifty plus times, then okay, he, he's definitely going to be more you. opened up this year. And I mean, even Larry Fitz, I mean, who I know we mentioned is going to take some coverage, but I mean, two drink. Who's who's your guy here? I got to ask. I mean, are you going? I after don't know. Isabella? That's why I'm doing it. Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson, Hakeem Butler, yeah, are I mean, any of those guys going to? Take to me, over if you're Christian making me Kirk's pick, role. I'm going to take Larry. I'm going to take Larry for this year. But that's why it's on here. That's mm-hmm. my nervous announcement. I, I don't know who wide receiver two is. I don't necessarily know that it matters. Um, I don't. I have zero Christian Kirk, and I don't think I've ever had a Kirk share since he's been in. So take that, you know, with the grain of salt that it is. But that it it, it, it it's very hard for me to trust putting that in my lineup on a weekend week basis just from what I've seen in the past. And now we had Nuke there. If, if we're going to say Kyler takes that jump and does become quarterback three, like we just said, he, you know, we didn't want to pay the ceiling on, yeah. then, then okay, then we have to look for that second piece. But if we don't like paying for it at Kyler there, then, then where does the rest of that production come from? That's, that's my only thing. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying Christian Kirk can't be the guy. I'm just I'm going to have a really hard time trusting it. And by the time I see it, it's probably too late for me to go buy it then at that point. Yeah. Man, 
Yeah, I, I get it, man. And I, I think I get, it's hard I to totally to buy into anybody, but I think I'm closer with John on this Christian Kirk side than... Um, when you have been, you know what I mean? I think I think you've been a little bit more on him than I have, and Kirk, you know, just I mean, from the jump. What a great like best ball guy or something like that. And I know that's not all we're talking about here, but sure. go back to Baker really quick though. And I mean, Baker, Baker played and we're not even using Scott fish, like scoring here, but Baker, like we said, was QB 19 and two drink. You're going to hate this personally, but then you have somebody like Gardner who didn't even play every game and he finished QB 19. And this is just a pretty standard chalk scoring, but that's how bad Baker did last year. And I know you say that because I give you a lot of shit for Minshew, right? It's not that I don't like <laughs> Minshew. I, it's not at all. And, I, and I'm totally fine. It's and me. I can, it's I, me you don't I can, like. No, and I can – well, that's true, but that's a different story. <laughs> but I can easily write the story of Minshew having a really good year this year. Uh, and and I'll, I'll try not to spend too much time on it, but that doesn't mean it's the job for him moving on. You know what I mean? I just took Minshew as my second quarterback in SFB. Like I think even in that format, he he's going to do well. They're going to need to to score a lot of points through Minshew. Yeah, I, I that, that s- was actually that was actually my plan as well to take him in Scott Fishbowl, and I got sniped the ra- round right before I was going to take him, and I was so upset because going in, I, I thought Minshew's the guy that I want. You know, heading in as my quarterback too, and I, it was like my heart was ripped out. Who are your quarterbacks in Scott Fishbowl? So I had the one hundred four, and I took Lamar Jackson because he fell. Yeah, and. I love Lamar Jackson, but the one thing I I probably if I could do it again based on how quarterbacks fell, I would probably take Zeke mm. at the one hundred four, and then maybe looked at the Stafford type or Matt Ryan type in the third or fourth round. But I got I waited too long on my quarterback too, and I got stuck with Sam Darnold, who I love. But I mean, everybody's seeing that negative thirty point game yeah, he had last year, yeah. and I'm like, holy cow! But then I uh, I picked up Haskins and Fitzpatrick later. So, you know, maybe I have some streaming options with those two, but so we'll see. But how far um, are you along? We are round 17, 18. Okay. I don't even know. Wow. Yeah, there's some, some that are already done. I uh, I made my pick seven and eight last night. <laughs> that's it? Yeah, that's as far as we are. Wow. So. I'll be it's honest. It's kind of cool for you at this point because through. you can yeah, kind of like get an idea of what's happening in other drafts, but also kinda. everybody else in your league can too. Yeah, uh, we're actually in, we're in round twenty right now. I'm actually oh wow, wow. you're almost 20. done. Oh, yeah. and on the clock, watch out! I think we are in round thirteen, so I would pick three thirteen twelve in this next round. Um, we'll see. Yeah, how I had goes. a I had a spot right in front of me before before getting to my seven eight pick where in the fourteen picks six, fifteen math fifteen picks leading up to my seven eight turn ten quarterbacks went so. Like that's that's where our run happened, and we had quite a few guys end up taking their third quarterback before I took my second, and that's kind of kind of what bit me. I was anticipating them not taking the third one yet, and me being able to get to uh, a, a whole slew of those guys, and and Minshew just happened to be the last kind of guy in that tier that I was like, all right, I need to get it now. I took Mahomes at one hundred one, and it just allowed me to wait. You know what I mean? And 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 figure out if I could get one of those late guys to pair with them, that it would work out well. We shall see. Yeah. I want to get super flexible with uh, with my public nervous announcement. It's about time. We should, should take it. Um, speaking's <laughs> hard. So <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go like, and this is a guy I've actually been trying to buy and add to some of my teams. It's it's totally Homer too. I love him. If he's healthy, I think he'll be fine. Um, the player's name is Matthew Stafford. I'm a little bit nervous about that back. Whether 
I know we're not supposed to get too into injuries, but and to drink, we've talked about this a while, or I know I've brought it up, so I'll speak for myself. Um, but I, I think you've kind of been there I've with got a me good at times. But the back is something that I've been concerned about a little bit. Two years in a row, back injuries. I don't know. So, Joking aside, I mean, sometimes I I turn wrong and my back is screwed up for a few weeks, and he's, <laughs> he's had some some back issues the last couple seasons. So my rebuttal to that is to turn it to John because I think he had somebody on recently that was talking about this. Oh, I, oh Stephanie Bell, it, great get by the way. Thank you. Any chance I get to shamelessly plug the fantastic guests we have, right. and you two, you're you're jumping on with us shortly here. I'm kind of upset that I have not had you guys on up to this point, but that's going to change soon. Yeah. You know, we right. wanted to make sure Stefania could get on before we jumped on. You know, let let the little little folks get some turns. So. We, we heard, <laughs> that was very gracious of you. We we heard that you were thinking about us, so we were like, we better ask him on first. Right. <laughs> Absolutely, I appreciate it. But no, so. We had her on, and Matthew Stafford was one of the players we talked about, and she has very little concern. She, you know, she said that obviously he played through it in 2018. 2019, if they would have let him, he probably would have played through it as well. But that type of injury, you know, the way she talked about it, they, they felt not only for his NFL career, but even post-NFL, take care of it now. They weren't doing anything last year in terms of winning. Yep. You know, they weren't making the playoffs. So rest and in your face. Right. And so she has very little concern. And Shane, just like you talked about, like we we all get, we're guessing on these injuries. I'm not a doctor, but we right. all have our input. So when we have somebody like Stefania Bell giving us this information, I was sitting there just taking notes. I was like, yep, yep. Sounds good to me. I'm, I'm stealing that one. Definitely um, gives you some warm fuzzies. Yeah, but Matthew Stafford, man, he was on pace for almost 5,000 yards last year. He looked great. That defense is horrible. So I love him, Galladay, Marvin Jones. So I I think you should put those fears aside, Shane. Go out and try to get some more Stafford before we send this to the feed. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, and I, and I can't quit him but i mean there is this thing in the back of my head where like i'm making the trades and i'm like okay like but yeah it definitely makes me feel better from hearing that from somebody like stefania bell so correct but yeah he's definitely one of mine i don't mind it i get it um keep going Throw oh you me. want more yeah <sighs> okay is that the is that the only one <laughs> no i i've i've got more i and i tried to like because i told you i didn't know the direction i was going to go with this but Leading up to it, I was kind of thinking like I'm gonna go with some guys that I've been trying to buy, and I and I try okay. to sell to the world that they're gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. But deep down, sometimes I am a little nervous about it when you're making these moves. And another one would be Darius Geis because okay. I, I think that if he's healthy, like I think that he could be a league winner. We'll RB1. say he, that yep. phrase has been going around a lot lately. But I'm gonna say that he could be a league winner for the price that you're paying to get him. If he's hurt again, it's obviously a completely different story. But if the guy is on the field, he's yep. somebody I really want. But then you have to, you know, you've, I've gotten burnt a couple years. I have guys on so many teams, and he's one of those players where like I challenge myself to get more. So I am, I am very invested. But I would be lying if I wasn't a little bit nervous as well. You are lying, but you are rightful to be uh, nervous. John, you like some guys? I. It's the same thing, and I, I always say it on Dynasty Theory, and the guys get on me, but I always say it's price-dependent, mm-hmm. and I, I like Darius Geis a lot, and again, when he came out as a rookie, 
at that point in time, I was in eight dynasty leagues and I had six shares of him from the rookie drafts. He's somebody that I really liked. Yeah. You know, I, I, there's a story about him slipping in, in the rookie or the NFL draft because there were character concerns. But since then, all you <laughs> because he like to play video games. Yeah. Like, like what that's what hell? everybody Come is on. now where you're drafting. Come on, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like he, he's a young kid that plays video games, but then you hear the stories after he got drafted, he's doing different things with charities in the yep. community. And it's like, what character concerns are you looking at? But yeah, so yeah. I, I like Darius guys. Seems like a Man, fun it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. If, if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be explosive. And we've seen that in bits and pieces here, but I, uh, it's just injury after injury after injury. So I hope he gets it right. But yeah, I mean, there is a real concern there for me. If if let's just let's just play it, and I'll be mean for a second and say guys gets hurt again, season long, you know, early on or whatever. Is is there a clear guy that you want at that point? Like, does it does it stay old man Peterson if he's still even on the team at that point, or do you think they try to move to the rookie in Gibson because he is the CMC light as per the coach, which is stupid. Um, That's the end of my statement. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not into Gibson as much as a lot of people are. Honestly, I, I think it at that point, like I'm going to go your Larry so, Fitzgerald route and go with Adrian Peterson. Okay, yeah, just the known fact and that he will continue to just fall forward for three, four yards at a time. Yeah, I, I don't know where are you with that, John. Are you a Gibson guy or? I, I'm not as high as many people in the fantasy community, whether it's redraft or dynasty, but I think he's going to be more involved, especially if guys were to go down. I think Gibson will kind of take over that Chris Thompson role mm-hmm. a bit, and then we'll see Adrian Peterson get the first and second down work. But okay. I'm hoping that Ron Rivera, he's a bit smarter than what we saw last year out of the uh, you know Washington, and we, we see a little more you know, explosiveness, and it's not just like uh, – like two drink, like you said, two, three yards and fall down. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I would like to see Gibson get utilized in the running game more. It's a big question mark because not only was he not heavily used in college, he really wasn't used in college in the running game at all. So that's going to be a, an interesting dynamic for me. Like 70 touches total between rushing and receiving. Like, right, right. Yeah. It's like nobody's ever had that least amount of touches and went on day two or something crazy. It makes no sense, but I mean, at least there's no tread on you know, all the treads left on his tires. If we just want to, you know, bring it back to that. <laughs> yeah. And this is, and, and you mentioned it, it's one of the things that we always talk about with coach speak and who can we trust, who can we not. Mm-hmm. And you go back to Ron Rivera with Carolina and he came out and said with Christian McCaffrey, we're going to get him 25 or whatever touches a game. And we all in the fantasy community, were like, there's no way. And he did it. And they so did Nate, it. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you guys can all go to hell because Christian McCaffrey's going to have one of the best fantasy seasons of all time. So maybe there is some hope with Antonio Gibson in these comments and we can trust them. Um, you know, and I, I hope we see a little improvement from Dwayne Haskins because that could certainly open things up in that running game. Dwayne Haskins was the very last drafted starting NFL quarterback in my Scott Fishbowl. It was hard for me not to take him too, but I already had three quarterbacks and, but man, he fell. He was one of those quarterbacks that I don't know if I love in this scoring, but it also made me think, did I kind of like you, John, did I go too early on my quarterbacks here? Right. But, but man, I've got, I've got Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and then Derek Carr. Yeah. You're never going to, you would never play Haskins in that. Right. I actually, I like that spot. I like Derek Carr a lot in that format. He's checked down Charlie, and he—that's perfect in this format. Yeah, and and so obviously, John, you play a lot of superflex too, like what like we do. But do you ever get to that point though, where you're like, I don't need Haskins 
but I don't want somebody else to get this deal here either. In Dynasty, absolutely. There are situations that I've taken quarterbacks when I necessarily didn't need that. Exactly. And if people aren't willing to pay the price, well, you have fun with Phillip Rivers and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And when they both retire, you're going to struggle for three years at least. So I've had certain drafts where I've hoarded quarterbacks, pissed off the rest of the league, made a lot of enemies, I think. Um, Frenemies. And then... Well, I, I, I don't know. I think some were no, enemies. They still hate <laughs> but they, um, you know, eventually they're going to come knocking. So yeah, there have been times yeah. that I've taken quarterbacks in dynasty when I necessarily didn't need it in my super flex leagues. Yeah, and you'll have those people in the league, or even you'll see on Twitter, like if if you didn't take a quarterback in Superflex, don't pay up like don't let don't buy into that it's like no dude like i'll sit on it all day like you're not i'm not just going to give you a value for something you neglected because you don't like what i'm doing here like 100 percent it's it's no different than people taking (laughs) wide receivers all day long in a three wide receiver set like because two drink you draft a ton of wide receivers so i'll just use you as an example but i never have frowned on you for like screwing the league over because you have four stud wide receivers on your bench, you know, like, sure. but if you do it with quarterbacks, people are like, eh. and they're just bitter because they didn't get a quarterback. <laughs> uh, 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 I like that. We need that as a drop. <laughs> I think Brian uh, Hart could probably do it better. That's, well, that's mean. I just did it. And then you, you're a jerk. Oh, I thought um, you meant than me. I mean, definitely better than you, but <laughs> apparently you didn't like mine either. No, everything going. you do is amazing. You you Thanks, are gonna buddy. love our secret guest on Rookie Fever. I'll have to check that out. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it with running backs. I think that's what we were still talking about. And and kind of what you said, Swags is some. This is somebody I, I don't know if I've well, reached getting, but I've definitely acquired. Nope, I'm going. Too bad. And it's it's Tevin Coleman on the Raheem Mostert news. Okay, of him wanting to be traded. I talked about Tevin Coleman or. And and really, I have Tevin Coleman or all such the a value there backs. though. I, I, uh, but is he now though? Just on the news, a I'd be very shocked if Mostert gets moved. To be honest, but it, now just because of the news, I feel like Tevin Coleman's jumped up so far that I now want to go to the next option just because of price. And if that means it's Jet or Jeffrey Wilson Jr. or some damn undrafted uh, rookie free agents, then then so be it. Because this is another one where. I'm going to need an injury or two before I feel good about starting any one of these guys, mm-hmm. to be honest. But, but are you, like, going out to get him in trades? or I mean, I guess they're players no, that are, aren't even now. hitting my search engine, really, unless I feel like they might be on waivers. Because yeah, I, I, mean, I think the, I agree with you on this one, maybe too much. But, yeah, I think that it's just kind of like, yeah, we'll see what See what I mean, I've, I've sat on some old, you know, jet stuff that's just sitting there. Um, I was looking and in my one sleeper dynasty league. I realized I had two open roster spots. And and before the most certain news came out, I was just like, well, whatever. I'll take a Niners running back because Jeffrey Wilson Jr. was there. I mean, you guys buying into any of the Devante Freeman to the Niners talk? I mean, that's the last time uh, Shanahan had a running back that, you know, what I mean, that was decent in more than one year in a row. You know I mean, that's the guy that he counted on in, in Atlanta for those two years where I think Freeman finished at what, like RB like four the one year or something nuts. So uh, that's just another body. It just jumbles it up more. I'm, I'm not going to trust Freeman on a week in week basis, at yeah. least early in this season, if he's there, too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, F- F- Freeman makes the most sense just based on that relationship with Shanahan. Right. And but I. I I think part of the allure with most of it, obviously, and I'm going to write a piece on Fantasy Pro shortly about 
end of season players and kind of recency bias. And that's the allure with Raheem Mostert. But if you look at when he really produced one, it wasn't consistently from a weekly basis. And obviously consistency, Mm -hmm. a lot of people they'll say that's a myth and it's very difficult to obviously gauge that. But it was after Tevin Coleman was a little dinged up and Coleman looked pretty good to start the season. And we know Shanahan likes to ride the hot hand. So this week it might be player A. Next week, it might be player B, and I don't feel comfortable starting a player like Raheem Mostert, but I think at his price, Tevin Coleman, he's perfectly fine. Yeah. Stash him, but Shane, you asked to drink if he would go out to acquire him, and I agree with you to drink. There's no way that I'm going to acquire him now because his price is slightly inflated in terms of perceived value, and I'm not going to pay that right now. Yeah, it's always Mostert. Well, yeah, the Niners you know, did it in the Super Bowl game and in their playoff game. You know, Mostert was, was the guy there. Right, but the one in between that was Tevin Coleman. It's it's the, whoever gets the touchdowns is basically how it feels like. Yeah, and I, I can't pick that week in a week out. Not not from that offense. Not how they want to run. You know, there were games where Jimmy G only threw it ten times, and there was that Saints game where he had to throw what fifty times. There, yeah. I, I just I don't know how to pick anything there. Basically, outside of Kittle, to an extent, it almost feels like the Patriots a little bit. Right. You know, exactly. <laughs> Constantly, we're, we get frustrated as fantasy owners, and it's like, okay, Sony Michelle had five carries, 15 yards, but three of them were touchdowns. Or Brandon Bolden, or whoever crazy right. names yeah. you want to throw in there. Jonas Gray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the next week, Jonas Gray, like he never played again after that four touchdown right. game. So it's, I, I, I absolutely Think about all agree. the fab that was wasted there. I know. And I was probably guilty. I was probably like, I'm going to blow just, my I'm load sure here. Let's that, go. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I'm not always the best listener, so if I miss something here, I apologize, but I believe our guest has only had one public nervous announcement. And I have another one, guys. Let's hear it. uh, We're going to stick with running backs, and it's a player I like. He was actually my running back one coming out last year in the rookie drafts, but it's Josh Jacobs. And this could be redraft or dynasty, and I know it's it's tough to look at players and predict injuries, but he's been injury-riddled, I think, going back to high school. You know, you Mm -hmm. hear some reports, so... Couple I games, his, pretty much each season. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, we have him slated for over 275 rushing attempts in Ooh. 2020. So volume is going to be there, but man, I think his upside is capped in the passing game. I really do. You know, you bring in these additional receivers. I really like Darren Waller. You obviously have Jason Witten, who's going to contribute a little bit, and then you bring in Lynn Bowden there, who I think mm-hmm. is going to be kind of that hybrid player, like an Antonio Gibson. But I just think his upside is capped. And even with all those rushing attempts, and that's with those rushing attempts, and we have him coming in at running back 20, which in people, wow. uh, obviously standard, he's floating probably around running back 12. I just don't have that sure. list in front of me. But I just, I think a lot has to go right. And he has to get those touchdowns for him to return on his current price. So I, I'm out on Jacobs here in 2020. And mm-hmm. if I can sell him, Maybe after a few games in 2020 in Dynasty, I'm going to be looking to move him because we know it's tough to sell veteran. And it's crazy to say a veteran in year two, but it's tough to sell these veteran running backs here in the offseason when all the hype is around Jonathan Taylor, Edwards, Allaire, yeah. and all you know the rookies, sure. the, the, the new shiny toys. So, yeah, I'm out on Josh Jacobs. 275, you know, rushing attempts. or t- Was it rushing attempts or touches? I know it's, it's rushing- not a lot in it. I was going to say rushing attempts, but it's pretty close in total touches. Right. I think maybe more added to it. Like like 15, 20 20, receptions, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you definitely need, you know, closer to that 50 target mark, I think, you know, for for running backs and PPR for them to kind of crack that that upper upper tier for the most part. 
that's hard to turn away 275 uh, touches though from a from a running back. But you do have to pay up for it. That's um, the thing. I, I hear you. So, and, and all I did was try to take away even more of the pass catching role that we wanted him to have with all these pieces brought in. So I, I gotcha. Yeah, and the the coaches said something early in the offseason. They said, we want Josh Jacobs to get more involved in the passing game. But then what did they do? They did something <laughs> completely different. They, they, they extended Jalen Richard, right. who was the third down back. You know, I, I know Washington is gone. He's over in Kansas City now. But then you bring in all these receivers, Lynn Bowden. And I just, I, you know, you talk about that type of volume, which is great, but you do have to pay up for him. Like you said, give me David Montgomery several rounds later. Yeah, I like that one. That's fair. Just because I think the volume is going to be very similar. Like yeah, it. yeah. Man. Uh, I, I, I say David Montgomery yeah. and everybody's ready to throw up. No, I I, no, I, 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 I like I David, David Montgomery. Yeah. I, I have him on a lot of teams. He's on my Scott Fishbowl team. Same. Um, But, I mean, he did play more games than Jacobs last year and didn't finish as well. Right, right. Um, but, but I, but you, to your point, you said many rounds later too, you know? So man, I I totally get it, man. Like, and they didn't do anything to replace him. Chicago said they want to get him more involved in the passing game this year. That's something he was kind of known for in college. Um, yeah, I I love the Montgomery mention. Keep those two players then, John. And like, would you trade Jacobs for Montgomery in a a middle to late 2021 first? Yes. Yeah, I would. And uh, I you think know, you can probably about, do that, maybe. I actually, and I do have I a few Josh Jacobs shares. Yeah. I'm going to try that. And even though I've kind of, I, I tell everybody in my leagues that my trade offices are currently closed until we figure out what the hell is going on. I, I saw with you say that. Yeah. <laughs> Just because we don't, we don't know. Nobody knows. And it, it's right. getting so frustrating. And I'm trying not to get my hopes up because I know there's people saying, oh, there's no way the NFL is going to miss out on money. There's going to be a season. But if I get my hopes up, it's like being a little kid on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm going to get that new toy. And the next morning you don't get it. You're heartbroken. And that yeah. is me with this 2020 season. If we don't get it, I'm just going to go into hibernation. <laughs> yeah, it'll be weird. I, I think for me, I'm I'm kind of on the opposite side of it, though, where I'm just as worried as you are. But like the trading and that stuff kind of keeps me going and keeps me into it a little bit. And right, um, right. take advantage of some of these buying opportunities we have on players, whether it's because of injury or like you said, like, I mean, yeah, if you can get something like that for Jacobs now, and if you believe that much in David Montgomery, I mean, if there's no season, Chicago's probably not going to replace David Montgomery next year because they haven't been able to see him fail unless they have an absolute stud fall to them. They'll probably still build around that, though. They're taking yeah, and- another tight end, so we can just call <laughs> <laughs> and, and one last thing about David Montgomery, you know, I, I know Tariq Cohen's there. He had... 100-plus targets last year, didn't do much with them, but he still had them. But now you have a quarterback in Nick Foles who I think is going to take over here much sooner rather than later because <laughs> Trubisky's rubbish. But I think that you know you look at Nick Foles' track record. He's said it in the past, and he, he's shown it. He loves to throw to the running back. So I think that could see a slight uptick there for David Montgomery. I'm I'm interested I'm interested in Terry Cohen and the fact that they you know the Bears let Gabriel go. And I know we expect Anthony Miller to kind of maybe take that step or maybe take some of those targets that Gabriel did. But I wonder if we end up seeing both running backs on the field and Cohen, you know, sliding out to the spot, moving all around, and Terry Cohen operating that space, you know what I mean, the underneath that Gabriel did and it not going to Anthony Miller as much. I love Anthony Miller and hope that it happens this year, but I just wonder if maybe maybe those targets shift that way 
get both running backs on the field and, you know, I mean, get going in more space wide open and, and let the whatever quarterback it's going to be, I believe it to be Foles as well, but uh, dump it down to Cohen too. I would so love to I, see I, them I like get more. I would love to see them get more creative with their play calling. I think, I think at times Nagy, he kind of outsmarted himself and he was overthinking things. And, you know, you see what's worked in Kansas city and you know, I, I would love for them to get a little bit crazy and more creative with their play calling than what we saw last year. But maybe that was because Trubisky's garbage. We don't know. I feel like we know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know. I know. Garbageier. No, I listen. I know Trubisky's garbage, but we don't know if they dumbed down the play calling for him, which that's there's fair. a very good chance they might have. So that's what I'm saying. We don't know. No, he's horrible. I don't know how to spell garbage year. I just wrote it down. It looks really weird, but I like it. Garbage <laughs> I'm going to start using that, bro. Very much garbage year. Garbage year. More, mostest garbage year. I like it. Um, I have a couple quarterbacks left here, and they're on here for different reasons, but the overall theme is just the coaching change that happened. Now, whether that be them being there and then a new coach coming in or them being you know, moved or signed by that team. So the, the three-pack here I have is Daniel Jones. Teddy Bridgewater and Cam Newton. I I like all of them in different ways, but just I, I can't feel great about it just because of the COVID and the new the coaching coming in there. Um, what's what's New England you know offense going to look like if if it is Cam? Is this just a move to make sure they get the third round pick and pin story pick back that they just effing lost the same day before they signed Cam? You know what I mean? If they let him go, then they get that third-round pick right back. Patriots don't lose anything. Daniel Jones was was crazy all over the board last year, but none of his receivers were really healthy. So, you know, that should help as long as those guys stay healthy, even though they've shown that they can't. But we're talking about a head coach that was a special teams and wide receiver coach at his previous stint, and now we're asking him to do that. But it's Jason Garrett, right? So he's been shown to do well with quarterbacks, but does that translate in year one? And Teddy Bridgewater just scares the shit out of me. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I don't know if it's Matt Rule, even though he's shown that he can be successful with many different types of offenses in college. Um, maybe I have too much backup quarterback in Carolina love. I, Teddy Bridgewater scares me. I'm, I'm, I'm very nervous, both for the public and myself. <laughs> Somebody tell me why Teddy Bridgewater isn't garbageier than Daniel Jones or Cam Newton. I can't make the case for him not being garbageier, <laughs> garbageier than Daniel Jones. But I, in your super flex spot, I think he's a safe option. And I think in Carolina and in that division, they're gonna have to throw the ball a lot. Correct. And whether it's DJ Moore underneath, I think we're gonna see Curtis Samuel get to play a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage with the addition yes, of Robbie Anderson. And then Christian McCaffrey, he could see, hell, he could see 200 targets this year. But Teddy Bridgewater, I think he's just a safe option. We really haven't seen him much over the last few years. So he's somebody I'm okay with in my super flex spot. I know people see him as a bridge quarterback. You know, actually, there was no pun intended there. Bridgewater bridge. But, but it still worked. Uh, I like it. Yeah, I, I usually throw a few bad puns out. But uh, <laughs> he got, what, three years, 60 million. Yeah. Uh, nothing to, to scoff at. So if they are somewhat decent this year, I think we at least see him in year two because that's a pretty big dead cap hit, if I recall correctly. Yep. But Daniel Jones, I like him a lot. And you get that rushing upside, and I liked him a lot coming out just because of his price. And it was kind of the Josh Allen effect. Right. Guys slipping into the second round of rookie drafts and super flex leagues. And 
you know, Daniel Jones, he has the rushing upside. Can he figure out the fumbles? I hope so. Hopefully Jason Garrett can help a little bit there. And I think the main beneficiaries with Jason Garrett there, it's going to be Saquon Barkley and it's going to be hopefully Evan Ingram, but if not, Caden Smith, because, mm. you know, Jason Garrett, he loves to utilize those tight like ends. And, he, and, and Jason Garrett, if you look at it in recent history, he's one of the coaches that has run the ball the most on first and second down. So I think Barkley could really be in for a big workload if he's healthy. So, but, but with Daniel Jones, I still like Daniel Jones a lot. And Cam Newton, eh, I, eh, that's how I feel. Yeah, I'm with you. You're like the first one I've talked to that, like, I don't know, maybe two drink. Do you have to get back to work or something? We can just finish nope. talking about Cam Newton or jump. Yeah, jump into camp. Go ahead. No, I meant like you can. You can. Yes. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> I've, 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 I've said, you're, you're still I, here, I, though. I am still here. I, I, it's Cam is just the upside of, of what he is, right? I'm, it, when he plays, he is a top, what, six, eight quarterback when he's played all the games. I understand it's been a while. I'm not looking for MVP Cam Newton. I'm I'm playing off of uh, Bill Belichick and, and running his offense around the best things that Cam can do. It's not going to be a Tom Brady offense. It wasn't going to be that with Stidham. You know what I mean? I, I don't think that's – I don't think this Belichick is here's my system and it doesn't matter who the quarterback is just because he had Brady for 20 years. I think he's one of the smartest coaches for a reason. Whether he cheats or not is a different story, but – I, I think he will design it around the quarterback that is there. And I believe Cam, if healthy, is much better than Jared Stenham. And we saw that with the few games that Jacoby Brissett played right. in New England. They worked the Even offense Jimmy around G him. for two games or so. Right, right. And, and with Jacoby, they, they had designed runs. And I think they could do that with Cam Newton. It's just there's so much uncertainty in New England, sure. with, especially with Cam Newton. But again... If you were going to start up this offseason, especially early in the offseason, Cam Newton was basically free. Yeah, for sure. Swags, you asked me this before Cam Newton got signed, and not just me, but on Twitter. But I'm going to ask it to you now. Cam Newton or Mitch Trubisky? <laughs> You're kind of a jerk face. I know. <laughs> I'm well aware, brother. Um, You have to go Cam here. Okay. Um, he, 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 most likely has, he most likely has the better future. Um, even at the age, but even on only but, a one year but, deal. But but <laughs> I will board that shit you for twenty twenty, and I'll take Mitch. Oh, yes, of course. Like third, Mike needed more work to do, but let's put that on the board. Yeah, got fishbowl scoring. I think that everybody's sleeping on. I think that nobody likes Foles. Nobody ever liked Foles except for you two. Drink. They all like him <laughs> this year because they hate Mitch so much. I mean. We we he has never been a thing we felt good about until he was in a situation where we hated the other quarterback a little bit more. I don't know. It, so what's I'm the bigger so mistake? Broken recordy with my garbagey takes, but what's Mitch has outproduced Foles the last two seasons. That's fine. Then why did they bring in Mitch? Why did they or why did they bring in Nick Foles and pay him way more? They money didn't than pay him. Anybody. They traded for him. At a, a high contract that was, that was given to him by the Jags, and then they renegotiated that contract to pay him less. Nick Foles decided that I will take a one-year opt-out, that if I do really well, I can back out of this and go make even more money. Is basically what that turned out to be. Nick Foles made all his choices this offseason. I mean, I'm no, but I'm saying like when they renegotiated that contract, the, the out is for the player, not the team, to leave after year one if he wants to. 
Like, if he plays well, he can say, you know what? I'm worth more than this money now, and I'm going to leave. I'm going to make one comment, guys, real quick. The quarterback coach in Chicago is John D. Filippo, who was the same same offensive coordinator in Jacksonville when Nick Foles came in. Last year, yeah. Yeah, so I think there's a little bit to be said there. Did D. Filippo, does he like Foles that much, and he had a hand in bringing him in? Possibly. And maybe this is just me... Right, or maybe it's just me being a fool's optimist because I I should not admit this, but Shane, I actually was one of those five people throughout the country last year that was picking fools up when he went to Jacksonville, and then he got hurt early, and I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. Well, I was that guy, too. (laughs) Two Drink was one of the other five. (laughs) I don't know where you other three are out there. Two-thirds here with (laughs) me, or two-fifths. Just just stand there, just real quick. I'll try not to harp on it too much, but I think I think both Nagy and the GM are are coaching or are playing for their jobs this year too, right? Uh, Mitch Mitch was a bust. Whether he plays well now or not, I think he was a bust of of how they picked him by moving up one spot and giving up a bunch. Sure, and then, I, I and, totally and then agree. staying on this. So now they have to decide because if they don't win, at least one, if not both, I believe are done after this year, or GM and head coach. So why do you spend that amount of money to bring that quarterback in if, if you've already decided that Mitch is still my guy? Are you, are you there to help Mitch along? You just said Foles is garbage. How can he help Mitch along if he's worse than him? And then DeFilippo's there. I think that there's a fire lit under Foles. Mitch's ass just from the the way the media has handled it, the way we well, handle it. Well, if you've it. played like shit for two years, bringing in a garbagey player like Nick Foles in shouldn't be the one to light your butt on fire. It should have already been there. And if that's what does it, then you're probably not in it for the well, right reason. I don't think Chase Daniel ever was, though. And played better than Mitch did in the few games he was given. Sure. <laughs> and and I've said that as well. And I've also Chase said Daniels that I don't Nick think Foles the 2021 the starter is on the team. But right, because Nick Foles will play well, opt out of the deal, and go take another job while Trubisky looks for a job somewhere else. I mean, backup. Mm, I'm okay with the. I don't even know if you totally agree with that. That Mitch will be a backup in 2021. That Foles will have an opportunity to go be a starter on one of the other 32 teams coming into 2021. If you're telling me he's not on the Bears in 2021, well, then he played well and became decided to opt out of that contract because otherwise he should still stay there. I like how we. I feel like we always end on Nick Foles somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's your fault, though. I believe. I'm, that's all my players. I'm out. I was gonna throw Tua and Herbert in there, but I don't want to. Who are you gonna put uh, in there? The the rookies and Tua and Herbert, and just because I've I've felt like I want Tua okay, to yeah. play sooner than he might, and we, and we that's can probably end a little rookie fever. Little cost. John has somebody little cop out on, on just with the COVID mess and not knowing how all that part works out. But I mean, Tua is coming off injury. I don't believe it's as big a deal as we are throwing into it with, with re recovery now and what it means for the future of, of the next few years. Um, Herbert, the, the, the coach speak and, and how that team is kind of built doesn't lend me to believe that Herbert starts soon, unless that team is in full tank mode early. And I, I just don't see how that team is set up to, to do that, although they were great last year. But just, just some hesitation, a little bit of nervousness, maybe not a public service announcement, um, nervous announcement, but a, a, a small hesitation on when to look for points from Tua and Herbert in your super flex position this year. Mm-hmm. 
Because I'm still calling two a week three, but that's maybe too crazy on Thursday night versus Jack. Yeah, because I mean, if you go back to Scott Fishbowl, it's so tough to to get Tyrod Taylor as your starting quarterback and then wonder what's going to happen. Like same with Fitz Fitz Magic. Um, yeah. So. But John John took Fitzpatrick. He said John I, you I go, for I, at least a few games there, or or how long I, do you think you can ride that that streaming train? So there, I have a few thoughts there. Crush it's my gonna, heavy early. It's going to be interesting because I, I don't think the Dolphins are set to compete quite yet, but I do love the direction that team's going. Mm-hmm. But so they it, won't rush them out. Yeah, I don't think they're going to rush him out. That's and fair. I think the I think the injury is overblown. People want to compare it to uh, uh, Bo, Bo Jackson, Jackson. Yeah, but he he there were other things going on there, and mm-hmm. they didn't catch it. Obviously, he kept playing. So for Tua, I think the recovery is one thing to look at. But then it's like, do you let Fitzpatrick go up through the season? But you, you want to see what Tua has, and you want to make sure you got it right. And I yeah. think they yeah. did. Yeah. But you, you don't want to go the whole season without seeing him. So I have to look at the schedule a little bit more. I'm still kind of in dynasty mode. Is that a win-loss mode. thing for you? Like, is that is that kind of the line of, of Tua coming in is depending on the win-loss record and where it is on the season to whether they decide to say, all right, let's see what the kid has. Or if they somehow start out decently, do they just continue to ride with fits and, and try to push for that weird, you know, extra seventh uh, playoff spot we have this year. Yeah, I, I think that's a possibility. You know, they, they were competitive last year with Fitzpatrick, but I do think they're going to keep in mind the schedule, who their opponents are. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I didn't like with Josh Allen during his rookie year, I thought they should have sat him for a while, even though I did like him a lot. But then they rushed him in because he was the best option. And that schedule to start his career was brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I think that's one thing maybe they'll look at, but who knows? I mean, um, I hear you. But for my Scott Fishbowl team, I'm saying Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's winning me the title in week 16. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think even like no uh, bias. go back to Josh Allen, I think, and I'm, I might be wrong, I'll have to look, but I think he ended last season with a pretty rough schedule too. And I think that that Correct. kind of like we you said about, about recency that, yeah. bias, John, that I think that that's affected his cost this year and he, he's gotten a lot of hate. Yeah, it was it was it was week fifteen and sixteen, yeah. and for me because all I build is competitive monsters, so I'm always looking at the semifinals <laughs> and finals. Um, but I, I I believe it was New England and the Steelers, and those are two teams, yeah. obviously strong defenses that he wasn't great against. But yeah, it, it's you talk about recency bias. That's something to to look at as well. Yeah, yeah, I like it. John, did you have any other guys? This is going to be quick. Just somebody else that I, I jotted down here, and this is going to get some heat. But, you know, I, I know we're at this point in the offseason, and you guys are familiar with playerprofiler.com, but they have the metrics yep. and all the yep. bars and everything. And that's like the trump card at this point in time. It's like if you're in an <laughs> argument with somebody and they have great measurable, <laughs> you tweet Boom, that out. Yeah, and, yeah it, it's the mic drop, and that's it. But, but for me, it's Mike Gesicki. And you look at the splits last yeah. year whenever Preston Williams went down. There was a big difference there, but not only that, and I do believe we're going to see him in the slot a good bit, which we did last year as well. So that kind of could counter this a little bit, but Chan Gailey, he's the OC there now. He's not one to typically use his tight end. And last year they ran the ball probably the fewest in the NFL because, you know, I know people are all about Patrick Laird last year, but he wasn't (laughs) it. And this year they do have two decent options in Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. So I think they look to run a little bit more. But for me, it's Mike Gesicki. I just, I I, I can't see him. He has to play in the slot. If he plays in the slot, then we'll feel good about it. If we see him, 
you know, at the end of the line and, and that kind of stuff, then then it's probably going to be a disappointment for those that went and traded for him, myself included. Yeah, yeah and, and and we're talking about public nervous announcements. I'm I'm nervous. I like about that him. one. I like that one. And yeah, tight end, I don't hate it, man. I've got a lot of Gasicki though. Um, yep. This has been and a, he's an, a lot he's of an fun. athletic monster. He is a monster yeah. athletic and still super raw by yep. the way. Still, yeah, yeah. So we kind of stayed a little bit positive with these public nervous announcements. I kind of like that we all Ish. mostly took it to like players that we're a little bit interested in and actually have on our squads, and we we try to obtain. I, we're going to try to do this uh, segment here and there on some super flexible shows. I don't know if I'm always going to be so nice. Uh, surprise, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> this was the nice zero. G. Goodness. <laughs> E-A-D. <laughs> Love it. At least I didn't freestyle. I mean, you did a little bit, and we tried to stop it right away. <laughs> <laughs> Just need some baits. But um, for sure, John, I, I much appreciate you taking the short notice that we tend to give our guests when they want to jump on with us. But I, I had a blast, dude, and I, I would say this won't be the last time. No, I, I really appreciate you guys asking me to come on. This was a lot of fun. Like I said, we have to coordinate our schedules, get you guys on Dynasty Theory. But yeah, sure. this, this was an absolute blast. You can find him at the Bauer Club and at Dynasty Theory FF. Is that right? Yes, sir. That's it. And then check us out on Instagram, YouTube, podcast feed, anywhere you listen to podcasts. He's at Swag Zero. Zero Like he said, he's got some articles coming out on Fantasy Pros. I mean, John's killing it out there. So if you're not following him, correct that. Fix it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. I'm at FL2DrinkMinimum. This is at SuperFlexPod. Hit that up. Um, John, I got one on the outro for you just to see if I can rally you up. I'm nervous about Keyshawn Vaughn. Boom. Oh, Moving away. Come on. Well, why is Rojo going to beat him out this year? Uh, he's not. Simple as that. <laughs> Simple as that. John is not nervous. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even going to talk about it. He said no, what I, he needed to say. <laughs> and that's my mic drop. Boom. I'm done. Boom. He's like, I already gave you my handle. I'm out of here. <laughs> That's fun. Even with Swags is garbage year, Glenn. <laughs> I wrote that down, dude. Garbage year.